0: This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the National Championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials.
1: Say
2: goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, Touchdown!
3: Brett Yormark is the commissioner of the Big 12. He's the savior of the Big 12, I think, when it comes down to it. Because that league was... Man, it felt like they were going to die a couple of years ago. Texas, Oklahoma decided to join the SEC. Those were the anchors of that league. But now, they've kind of done the uh, the killing of the Pac-12. And are in a really good position. And Yormark... He's feeling his oats a little bit. He was at an event yesterday in Lubbock, Texas, talking to Texas Tech fans, and I'll bet you they ate this up.
4: In addition,
3: candidly, we were able to get Texas and Oklahoma out a year early. That was a big deal for us, and I think all of you. Okay? And, Coach, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving. Okay? (laughs) And you better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. No pressure, Coach, but you better do exactly what you did last year. This is going to be fun. I've been listening a lot. We have Brian call in all the time. Um, Texas, good football team this year for the Big 12, probably. But all the predictions anybody has dealing with Texas possibly winning the Big 12 or Oklahoma surging back after a very disappointing first year under Brent Venables, has absolutely nothing to do with the idea of the conference hates them right now. And for all those years where Texas got the calls in the Southwest Conference and the Big 12, think they're going to be getting too many calls this year? Or at least if it feels like the calls are going against them, every finger in the city of Austin, Texas, and anybody who wears burnt orange, will be pointing straight to these comments
0: by Brett Yormark. So they play, yeah, Texas Tech to finish the season. Uh, I'm telling you, you look at Texas schedule, they're they're favored in every game but maybe one. You know that Alabama game at Alabama. Well, they're not
3: going to get any help from the officials at Alabama. Although I would guess they're the ones that bring the con- that bring the officials in here, Look which at- would mean in that
0: case, hey, are they going to get much help from officials that they bring themselves? Man, I, it'd be good for Texas to be in the the SEC to play LSU, to play A and M, to play Ole Miss, to play Georgia, to play. You know, they're playing Bama, play Auburn. Instead, they you know they play Kansas, they play Iowa State, Wyoming. Oh my goodness. Well, for, all, for all the years that they got
3: the calls because of who they were or the influence they might have had. Um,
0: they're going to win I 10 games. if it's going to happen very much this year. Texas is going to win 10 games this year. Do you see that schedule? I mean, the talent they have. How, how do, I'm always It's always a surprise when Texas isn't good. Um, and they got the talent they're supposed to have. They'll be favored in, in probably 10 or 11 of their games. Could you imagine Greg
3: Sankey... Saying something like this publicly to any fan base
0: across the southeastern conference, I, I can't. And maybe he has, and I just missed it. Well, if let's say Ole Miss and Mississippi State were going to the ACC next year and they were still playing in the SEC, I could see something like that throwing some throwing some fire at them. Or Nobody
3: leaves the SEC, Matt. Nobody everybody does. Just, everybody yeah. just
0: wants to end up coming here. That's right. If they've got the big boy
3: pants on. But uh, the, your your mark is an interesting guy. He really is working for uh, Rock Nation for a long time. And you got to appreciate somebody that thinks differently than I think anybody else that I've ever seen running a college league. Uh, They've grabbed onto the idea that the Big 12 has tremendous basketball, and they've brought in a lot of really good basketball schools that I think will have a, a little bit of a learning curve for football. But Houston, they'll show up in basketball ready to go, right? Cincinnati might show up ready to go in that league in basketball. I don't know about football necessarily.
0: Yeah, Cincinnati, man, there's so much talent there. Cincinnati's been really—Cincinnati could have won the Big 12 uh, over the last 10 years. If you look at the talent that's come through there, they could have won the Big 12 twice. I mean, they've, they've had some real talent in football. They're, they're a fun basketball school, but yeah, Houston— Houston has its moments. There's just so much talent down there in, in the Texas area. You, you get kids. You get the right kids from the right JUCO, the right Division II, whatever. You, you're able to get this, this portal game going on. You get the right quarterback and a couple athletes you will be all right. Well, the, the Big 12 no longer is trying to do the Yukon gonzaga
3: thing. The, the, the new thing that's going on now, and I guess it's not new, it was shut down last week and now it's being revived again, is the ACC is still trying, well, thinking about maybe by the end of the week having a vote again on Stanford, Cal, and SMU. Which, as weird as it feels for the Big 10 to be coast-to-coast and as weird as it feels for the Big 12 to stretch from tucson arizona to morgantown west virginia and heck they were thinking of stretching all the way out to stores connecticut and they've got they've got their basketball coaches at rucker park in new york city they're going to be playing basketball in mexico city it still feels even weirder to associate cal and stanford with the acc and smu with any level of major college sports at the moment, outside of where they have been since the, the, the dissolution of the Southwest Conference. And SMU, Matt, is so desperate to get in on this that they are agreeing, potentially, from what I read, of taking absolutely zero money from the television contract that the ACC currently has through 2036. So they're saying, yeah, we'll take no money for 13 years and be very happy with it.
0: They must have got a lot more money than we, we know about then. That Dallas area. Uh, they Their private school. I think they're alright. Uh, it, it will be weird. I, I just want to see what they're going to rename uh, the conferences. Because it can't be Atlantic Coast Conference if uh, you got yeah. Stanford and Cal in your well, in you program. Got, you get three leagues to rename then. Yeah. Is, so it, does the SEC stay the same? Do they go something else? Where they all four kind of, kind of have different names? I, I think I it's
3: about time that we just drop the numbers off of the conference. I mean, this has been a thing for so long. You had the Big six you have the big eight, you have the big ten you have the big twelve we 've chosen chosen every single all these even numbers have come up here, you know and the, when the big ten moved to eleven they weren 't going to do that because they had their, they had their brand. but when your brand now is eight numbers off of what you actually have, I think it 's time to drop the
0: numbers don 't you think is there another way to go about this you know the the What are some of those big three names you know like the big shield <laughs> Ford, GM, the and coast, Dodge. The coast to
3: coast, CBS, yeah. ABC, and NBC, and then we threw in Fox. That's a big four. We're
0: gonna have a. We're yeah. gonna have a power four. That's yeah. a power four. It used to be NBC, uh, ESPN, Fox Sports. Yeah. Wild man, yeah. Well, the renaming
3: is probably the last thing that happens. First, you figure out who's your membership and whether or not you got an even number.
0: That oh, you it's a brand e- on it's an Easter egg hunt, man. They're collecting as much as they can. Everybody's greedy, they're like, Come on, they don't know what they're gonna do with them right now, but they're just like, Come on, we, we want you right now. And every color under the sun, too. That's, that's right, it.
3: all pastel colors.
0: Coast to Coast
3: Conference for Jamie May. I like that one, that's actually not bad. But you got you always have to, if you're gonna have a conference, then you've got to have. You just have to have the anagram that goes with it. Mm-hmm. So C C C, you just call it the three C, and your and you, and you, your day's over. It could work. You could see three C branded things all across. Can't do three M. That's been taken for a long time. Three C. I I think that's open for uh, for business. 6963 to get with it. Oh, I like that one. Aaron and Mountainberg Popeye's Chicken Conference. Uh, ACC and SEC would have to fight over that. You get a lot of uh, places across the country that would fight over Popeye's Chicken.
0: Big Ten could go to the Big Star. You know, you could do something like that. The Big Behemoth would work, I
3: think, in that case. You know, you're never going to name something off of a joke, though. So, they like their number. I think, what was the name of the Big Ten before the Big Ten? Because there was another name for that league. Not Great Midwest or anything, but Great Western Conference, or just the Western Conference. you imagine that's when the West was viewed a little bit differently than it is now? Yeah, the Western Conference. And then you ended up with a whole thing all the way on the Pacific Coast. Very, very odd. College sports, though, is very, very odd these days. You just have to accept it.
2: Info.
4: Fall season is just around the corner, and I know all of us are looking for that wholesome convenient meal. We'll look no further than Factor, America's number one ready to eat meal kit. They can help you with chef prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered right to your door. And right now, use the code HTL50. Head to factormeals.com HTL50 and get 50% off. That's code HTL50 at factormeals.com. Com to get 50% off thanks to hit that line. The great thing about Factor, over 34 weekly prepared meals that you can choose from. Plus, you don't have to run around to worry about where you're getting lunch. Let Factor take care of it for you. Let me tell you the code one more time to help you get 50% off. FactorMeals.com slash HTL50. FactorMeals.com slash htl 50 factor america's number one ready to eat meal kit bob
3: afternoon how you doing man how you guys doing I'm, i'm good good to hear from you today um you had a pretty interesting press conference yesterday afternoon tank booker josh braun uh and who else was in on that yesterday? Broden, Tyrone <laughs> Broden in, <laughs> in on it, but they were yeah. kind of entertaining, a little bit different than the normal, uh, the normal, ah, we're getting the same answers.
5: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, obviously, going there, kind of thinking about asking, you know, Josh Brock, how you feeling with the offensive line, Tank Booker, what do you think about the depth at the end, and, and Broden, you know, what, what, what do you think about the receiver rotation, whatever, and, and they're all uh, transfer guys, so it's all their first year, and, uh but, yeah, this was interesting. I, I didn't realize that Scotty Boardline had obviously done done his research on Tank Booker, and he asked him about being an Eagle Scout. And it was funny. Uh, Josh Brown was sitting between them, and he kind of t- turned to Booker, I guess was sitting on his right, and said, You were an Eagle Scout? Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that uh, that's not an easy uh, thing to attain. I mean, you have to do a lot of... Uh, you know do a lot of different things and you probably have to help old ladies across the street and all that kind of stuff and, <laughs> and, 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 yeah, but seriously you, you have to know a lot of skills and um, he said he was something he was really proud of and you know his mom wanted to do it and he'd been a boy and then, uh, after me, I thought about I mean I, I was never I was never smart enough or good enough to do all that stuff those guys do and um I think I was a Cub Scout maybe but I I, I didn't advance and uh he said the toughest merit badge was swimming. But You had, they had to do a bunch of different laps and different, you know, styles. Obviously, if you're going to be a Boy Scout, you might be in a situation where you need to save somebody, you know, from ground or something. So, you know, that, that that's a good skill set to have. And, and, you know, Josh Braun, he was an interesting guy, very well-spoken. They, they all work. He talked about going hiking and enjoying the outdoors here in Arkansas. You know, I don't... I'm not saying offensive linemen aren't in good shape, but I just don't think of offensive linemen as being guys that go on hiking trails and <laughs> up in the mountains and all these things. And uh he said he just felt like, you know, I he said when the Rome do what the Romans do, he knows it's an outdoor state. And then um uh Bro- Bro- Bro talked about going through a growth spurt like growing from like five seven to six seven when, when he was younger. So just everybody everybody had-, had some good stories. It was kinda good to see their personalities come out a little bit.
0: Bob, how are you feeling after camp and are, are you believing, Coach, do you think this team really does get along, that they're, that they're kind of buddies off the field as, as well and, and does that help the team, you think, winning games on Saturdays?
5: Yeah, I definitely think if you have good chemistry, that that helps. Um, of course, we get limited amounts of practice, maybe 30 minutes, uh, something like that, and we've gotten to interact with the guy. Like yesterday, it was I thought it was really fun talking to him, but I think it was maybe 12 minutes or something, so take a ton away from that. But uh, and of course everybody's undefeated right now and everybody's feeling good and feeling confident. But you know, you know, last year, I mean they went seven and six so it wasn't like a total disaster, but obviously, you know, the players and coaches and fans all had higher expectations. I know Sam Pittman addressed this in little rock that, you know, they just can't have another season where they lose four games by nine points. You're going to play a lot of close games in the SEC, and you're maybe going to lose some of they got to win some, too. I mean, think about it. Last year, if they split those four games, they're 8-4. And, and I think there's a totally different feeling about how the season uh, turned out. And, of course, I guess that they also beat Kansas. We're not counting the Kansas game in there. They should won that that there were some bad calls at the end of the Pac-12 crew. That's another thing. but um yeah, they, they seem to get along well. I thought something Sam said yesterday. Dogs uh, mm-hmm. Illustrated Sports Club* and he said, talked about how I guess it was Jaden Wilson had, had uh, you know taken a, a fall and and hurt himself, thankfully, but and that the DBs a big hit you know they were all concerned about their teammate on the other side of the ball is he okay how's he doing you know and so that that, that that's not just uh, lip service that's really showing that they care about each other because there's some I've seen this on our teams I'm sure it has on other teams where yeah, if a if, uh, if a you know defensive player made a big play and it may be resulted in hurting a teammate not that they're out there to hurt a teammate but they're more concerned about celebrating what they did than they're concerned for a teammate so I that was a pretty tone pretty statement he said
3: so many people look at a team that might have lost four games by a total of nine points and say, well, they were that close. But there were, so, there were too many deficiencies to be a team that would win four games by nine points. And that's why you see a remade defense. That's why you see a remade defensive coaching staff. You know, Sam Pittman wasn't sitting on the idea of we were unlucky. It was the way the ball bounced and all of those things. you got to improve. Where do you think this team is most improved upon last year?
5: Uh, well, I would say probably the defensive line. Not that I thought you know they had bad defensive linemen last year. They had, they had some good ones, and they, they had a lot of sacks. But um, I just you know think they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of depth. They have a lot of experience. I mean, you look at the end spots. I mean, they you know, one of the reasons they I know probably drove fans nuts at times. They do the three man rush and the three man down lineman and drop you know five, six, maybe seven guys in the coverage. You know, part of that was, was Barry Odom's scheme and wanting to make the quarterbacks throw to coverage, part of it was honestly I think just the deficiency of depth on the defensive line and so uh, Deke Adams has gone out there and done a really good job of changing his room as Sam pivot who put it you know, it was interesting, Deke Adams have a long stretch of turnover in the defensive line room and coaches uh, Deke Adams is back for a second year and and uh, you know, he's the first uh, defensive line coach in Sam Pittman's four seasons to come back for a second year. And Sam talked about how you gotta change the room, meaning recruiting. And so they brought in, you know, uh uh Trajan Jeff coach from Missouri, you know, he, he he's got a lot of SEC experience, obviously in Missouri, they brought in Tank Booker from Maryland, you know, played in the Big Ten. They brought in John Morgan from Pittsburgh where he played in the A C C played on an A C C championship team, you know, that that played uh I think it was Michigan State and you know uh, was it the Orange Bowl or that came or Peach Bowl a couple years ago so these are guys with some big time experience and of course we know about Landon Jackson coming in from LSU and he's really changed his body and so you feel like they've got talent there they've got good depth they've got good experience and so I think the defensive line and then probably the secondary again they've hit the portal hard they brought in guys who played at Baylor like you know Snacks Jansen and now Walcott and they they brought in, you know, Jaheem Singletary from Georgia, so they're bringing in guys, uh, you know, from Big Twelve and SEC programs, guys, guys that are used to winning, and obviously, you know, the pass defense, we know what an issue that was, and Sam alluded to it, in kind of a funny line at the Little Rock Touchdown Club about how you know they brought in, you know, Marcus Woodson from Florida State, and they ranked seven in pass defense, and then he kind of sniffed and said, you know, we, I mean, in Arkansas, finished. Last year He didn't say where I'd have to look it up but It was probably about 129th or 130th It was really bad And uh, so he's kind of joking But obviously That was a big issue Last year And that's one of the reasons They were they, they only won seven games And were only six and six In regular season So I'd say the two spots Are the defensive line And the secondary
0: bob you're right on we were 130th last year in, in passing and, and and that has to get better and and i you know looking at this western carolina team you don't see anything on them i mean we're going to be four touchdown favorites in this game and that being said what do you want to see week one is there one offensive player you want to watch or so who who are you most excited to get to see uh play september 2nd when we take on western carolina
5: i guess we'll pass, you know the, the freshman tight end who uh very heavily recruited. Alabama tried to flip him, and he's been getting a ton of first-team reps in camp, at least the part we've seen. He's been running with the starters. You know, Nathan Bax was really their one-experienced tight end. Ty Washington had a little bit of experience last year. He got a touchdown pass the Liberty Bowl, um, but he was able to redshirt, preserve his red shirt. But, you know, the coaches and the teammates just rave about Luke. Really goes back, uh, you know, Dan Enos talked about how, of course, Dan got here in the spring just like Luke did, and he said, you know, I'm paraphrasing there, but he said something like, I thought, has this guy been here three years? Oh, yeah, he just got here just like I did. And so, talking um, how he's like having another wide receiver out there in terms of his ability to run routes, catch passes, he seems like a pretty physical player. And so, um, he's a guy, I kind of had to laugh. You know, the coaches put out their LSEC teams uh, earlier this week, and they had a the first team tight end, a second team tight end, and then four guys tied for third team tight end, including Trey Knox at South Carolina, who he played here. Wish Trey the best. Really good guy. But um, I'm thinking by in postseason, Luke Haas is going to be getting some of those all-SEC honors. He's a guy I definitely want to see if what he's been doing in practice impresses everybody so much, translates to a game. And, you know, obviously you expect he and all these guys to dominate Western Carolina. No, no, no offense to them. But, yeah, um, I think he could be a big-time player based on, you know, what we've seen and heard.
3: Bob, today's the last time you'll speak to anybody at Arkansas football until next Monday. at Sam Pittman after practice, and then Coach Pittman again on Monday. Uh, what can you ask Sam Pittman that he already hasn't been asked in camp?
5: I don't know, because Sam talked Tuesday in a little rock, you know, and then he talked Wednesday here, and then he has a radio show last night, so I just hope he hasn't talked out. But... Uh... I, I, I know they were supposed to put in the installation start installing Western Carolina game plan um, on Wednesday. and so I don't in Western Carolina and Alabama, but you hope know, they'd be excited to start working on an opponent and kind of get out of camp mode. But I guess maybe how, how's, the, how's the install doing? And uh, I guess we can ask them about the air conditioning again. <laughs> 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 that going. they going. They need to get, I don't know, I guess it's like anything else, right? If you ever get anything done out of your house, it always seems to take longer than but um, uh, you know, just maybe, just probably I, I know he feels good about this team, and you know, I think Sam by nature is an optimistic person. But I, I do think I don't think he's just blowing smoke. up, you know, everybody's you know what I think he's I think he generally feels good about this team and the changes they made. And he kind of jokes in little rock, uh, you know, he, he wasn't gonna fire himself, you know, and so as well, and so he had, but he had to make some other changes. And he also had something I thought he said that was really interesting. Is that and Sam's a very likable, and I mean he's he's very outgoing. But he also is the CEO of a big organization, University of Arkansas Football. And he, he has a CEO coach. He, he doesn't call plays. He was a great recruiter. I think he puts the staff together. He obviously sets so to the tone for the team. But he's kind of like, you know, CEO-type coach. Some guys are like that, and some guys want to be play callers or whatever. But, and he talked about how he wanted to always be liked by everybody. And what he found out being a leadership role is you can't do that. Not that you go out of your way to... You know, upset people or be rude or whatever. But that sometimes you have to make hard decisions that are going to make people mad at you, and you just have to live with that. And um, but you got to do what's best for everybody, even if that might upset you know this particular person. I thought that that was a pretty telling thing he said.
0: Bob, do you think this year, I, last year maybe we were a little snake bit, uh, but do you think that we had, you know, just some, the the fumble at the A&M going in, you know, not getting the fourth down at Liberty? Do you think this year we can win the turnover battle?
5: Yeah. I, I mean, you know, last year Arkansas got a lot of sacks, and of course Barry Odom's teams were known for getting turnovers, but you, you look at some of the playmakers they have, of course, getting Dwight McLaughlin back, cornerback was a big deal. He was the first team picked by the coaches. Obviously, that's preseason, but that's, that's an indication of the respect he has in the league. And uh, yeah, I think these guys are going to be able to put pressure on the quarterback and yeah, with rushing four people most of the time. Uh, that you know, we know Travis Williams has been known to blitz a little bit. And uh, so, I think you know, obviously, the more pressure you can put on that quarterback, the better chance you have. He's going to make a mistake, either fumble it or or throw it. Yeah, I, I think this team could definitely turn over. You win the turnover battle more often than not, you're, you're going to win the game
2: There's a game day, soccer
3: playing against Oregon tonight. I um, think they've moved that game back an hour to 7:30. Uh, so I think the sun is supposed to set about half an hour or so before that. so hopefully it'll be a little bit cooler when number 10 Arkansas plays Oregon for the first time ever. And uh, we get some baseball games going right now including the Yankees trying to make it two wins in a row. See, Aaron Judge had three homers yesterday as they snapped that nine-game losing streak. It's his first three-homer
0: game. As they- he... Is he getting to become a guy that he kind of a bottom feeder? Like you have these soccer players that they'll have eighteen goals, but it all be it all be against the teams in the bottom half of the table. It won't be in the big moments. Is, does he have any big moment hits? Like is he does he show up or does he kind of shrink as the moment gets bigger? He's had some moments in the postseason that have been because these shrinking. are three home runs that don't matter. You know they're not making the playoffs. That doesn't we, we we know what's going on. Well, I mean
3: keep in mind that one of the reasons the Yankees have really struggled this year is the judge was out for a long time with that toe injury okay. that he suffered at Dodger Stadium. But unless they unless they make some changes, and Cashman yesterday said the season's been a disaster and they'll have to evaluate his job and Aaron Boone's job and, and just about everything else in that organization. You know, hitting coach, pitching coach, all the way down. You're not going to change the ownership. The Steinbrenner family's going to hold on to that for as long as they can. They can change some other things, and hey, they got the money to do it. But then again, they got money tied up in a lot of in some players that nobody's going to want,
0: including Giancarlo Stanton. That that one's that one. Whoa, that's a, a bad deal right there.
3: A's were shut out by the Royals yesterday for nothing, and now I remember I'm going to keep track of this. 304 runs they've been outscored by. I think they need another 36 to have the record. N-
0: maybe they should make the Yankees coaches, and they should have to go coach the Oakland Athletics next. Ooh. Yeah, that should be a thing. You that's know how from they the top to the bottom as far as payroll. Yeah, for the senior. Bowl, like if you finish last, you get to go coach the senior bowl. You know, it's like uh, you need to go get some help. What would be more miserable, though,
3: being around the A's where you get 3,000 people in your games and you're going to be moving probably in a couple of years, or to be around something like the Yankees where there's expectations of the World Series every year and they haven't sniffed one since 2009 and I don't know what the attendance is like, but it can't be the best atmosphere because you know what Yankees, what New York fans are like when their teams are not doing well. Mm-hmm. They'll let Stuff you know, know about it. It'd be a lot of fun to be on the Mets and the Yankees these days, wouldn't it? They'll let you know about it. Benny had a big two-run uh, single yesterday to help the White Sox beat Seattle 5-4. So Mike Trout is back on the injured list with a, with a wrist. That's what caused Ben um to miss quite a bit of last year. Remember, he was traded to the Yankees at the deadline. That was a big move that they tried to make. Um, But he had the wrist injury last year, which sapped him of his power. And I kind of wonder, you remember when, when Benny first played at Arkansas his freshman year, 2014, he had the hammock bone injury. Which I think is the same thing trout has uh, and that really is a power sapping kind of an injury and I guess it sometimes would depend on what hand Benny's a left handed hitter but he has a right hand injury but I think that's still he's that wrist has not been a hundred percent this year and I think I mean we all know what he did the second year at Arkansas and the Hammett bone was fully healed and he was his strength was back where it should be um, and and, anything- and I, would, I would expect, I would expect Benny to come back next year. Like he's not having a terrible year, but for a guy who had 20 home runs his first full season in the majors, he's only hit three home runs this year. He's got 25 doubles or something like that. But I view Benny as somebody that could and maybe should hit 15, 18 home runs a year. I could see him getting back to that level that next year. Just based on the idea of, yeah, you come back from these wrist injuries and you can play, but you're not quite as strong. Your power is different. And I th- I think next year Benny could have a huge year. I just don't know who's going to be managing him or running the White Sox because that's that's a that's a failure from the word go.
0: Is that a, is that injury connected to his thumb? I, I know when you talk to quarterbacks, and and I wonder if it's the same with hitters. If you're if you can't grip with that thumb and that index finger, you're you're kind of you can't you 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 do you don't have any power, you don't have any grip, you don't have any strength. Your other three, you can try to find a way, and and, and you can kind of finagle something out and. And, and get it going but those your index finger and your thumb if anything's connected to there man you kind of do lose all your power got a question in on the McClarty Daniel hotline
3: Cody from Bentonville wants to talk about the safety position losing Slusher and Catalan of course Catalan barely played last year Slusher was in and out of the lineup uh, and then didn't play the last couple of games and they both moved on to Texas schools uh, Slusher went to Baylor but you ended up getting a couple of the safeties from Baylor, you know, Al Walcott, he's going to start and snacks. Johnson is also going to start though. I think snacks is going to be at the hog position, more of a nickelback. Uh, and then, man, I mean, Hudson Clark, I think just by, just by not moving position from defense, from uh, cornerback to safety, uh, hopefully, and a little bit bigger and, and focused in on, I mean, he can make the tackles. I think we, we focused that he missed, he missed some tackles last year. He brought some guys to the ground, too. Uh, That's what I see at safety. I think it's, I mean, some, some of it has to do with, you know, who's able to stay healthy. Because if you add Catalan healthy last year, now I don't know what, what Jalen Catalan will be like as a healthy player because we've never seen him be fully healthy for two years. So I don't know. I would but, assume he would have been good because he looked good as a freshman.
0: The thing Hudson Clark does is he reacts quick. And, and to be a safety in this league, you, you have to read your keys. You can't get lost with your eyes. You have to understand the concepts. You, you have to be able to communicate because you have to react when it's a run play and, and get up there and, and, and be a run fit. And then also, if it's not, man, you can't you can't bite on that play fake. You have to be able to react and see, read your keys, study, film. Be, being a safety is uh, it's tough. And it's your team by your defensive line and your safety those are kind of man those can make your team just next level and and it sounds like we're going to have that defensive line if we got a safety that will react can come up and run fit take his proper angles and then not get beat over the top on play action that seemed to happen when Catalan was out we were getting thrown they were throwing over the top on us can't can't have that happen if you're going to have any success.
3: Middle of the field was a real problem last year for Arkansas in the secondary. Can't
0: get lost with your eyes. That's right. You got to you got to see, read your keys, and you got to react. And you got it. You got to make. You kind of got to want to, man. It's like taking a charge, man. If you're a safety, you got to get in there and and make that tackle. Because if you get too much space, that's with our running backs too. In any safety, you give our running backs, and then you you don't close that space down when he breaks through that first line, and then all of a sudden and the safety's seven yards deep still. There's not enough space. you got to close that into three yards, two yards, come and fill that gap in to protect from the big play.
3: Yeah, I got some of my guys mixed up here. <clears throat> Ketron Jackson went to Baylor. Miles Slusher originally committed to Louisville. He's at Colorado instead. You know how difficult it is to like keep up with all of this? It's yeah, Because Slusher committed somewhere else and then flipped. A transfer portal flip.
0: And a COVID year, all, all over the place. So, and you, some of these kids still get six years. Talking with Gino Bell in just
3: a moment about the defensive line and anything else we can touch on with Gino, but I don't know any other position group that has been talked about more in a positive sense. Uh, than than this one. Maybe the running backs would rival what we're hearing from the the defensive line but that's because we've seen these running backs at Arkansas and they've done
0: well Uh, from the defensive line man you have depth that maybe you've never seen before. That's a, Yeah, that's a good thing. You'll see coaches, man, F- F- Phil, you'll, you'll see coaches, Del Rio was like this, Houston Nutt was like this. Those first two possessions of the game both ways, man, they're standing right. They're straddling the line of scrimmage. They want to see that push. They want to see who, who's coming to play today, and a lot of times that tells you how the game's going to go.
3: I would love to be able to see a defensive line that can, quote-unquote, impose their will, which means collapse that pocket. Make the quarterback uncomfortable. Uh, if you make that, if you can make a quarterback uncomfortable, well then you can force some turnovers. Mm-hmm. You can force some bad throws.
0: We had too many quarterbacks last year feel have career days. I mean, you just go down the list, and they were having career day after career day when they were playing the Arkansas Razorbacks. You know, Bears. and that was
3: even with a decent pass rush. Mm-hmm. You know, but Drew Sanders and Jordan Dominic were 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 most of. Your pass rush, in terms of at least success, quarterback pressures, quarterback hits, and, and sacks, and really tackles for loss, too. You gotta find a way to replace that. And it feels like where, I mean, your pass rush wasn't just focused on those two, but those were your more successful defenders at getting to the quarterback. I think there's a few more guys that can get to the quarterback this year. And I think Landon Jackson's at the top of the list. Could we potentially be seeing Landon Jackson get somewhere near? double-digit sacks
0: how cool would that be that would that's uh that's that that's a game changer right there and that'd be uh and you're right get the quarterback be disruptive get the quarterback off his spot make him uncomfortable uh we can win the turnover
3: battle they have everything you need this summer at east side liquor such as evan williams flavored whiskey soda jerk root beer or orange cream shots Appalachian sipping cream liqueur and more. A new law in Arkansas now allows the sale of single 50 milliliter bottles as well. Eastside Liquor, located at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Stop in
6: or swing by the drive-thru and see Dave and his team today. Are you feeling the heat this summer with soaring electric bills? Upgrade your AC system with Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric this August and experience the ultimate comfort in your home. This month, receive up to $500 off on attic insulation when you upgrade your AC. That's right, proper attic insulation can significantly reduce your energy bills, keeping your home cooler and more efficient. Worried about the cost? We've got you covered. With approved credit, enjoy payments as low as $99 a month. Picture this, lower energy bills can help you cover the cost of your new system. Now that's a win-win situation. So don't wait, call Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric now and save with a new AC system and insulation this August. Say goodbye to high electric bills and hello to ultimate comfort. Visit gopascal.com now and schedule your free estimate. With approved credit. Exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Professional people, professional service. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Are you in
3: need of an attorney? Hickey & Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey & Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey & Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey & Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. The one and only Gino Bell is with us here on Halftime. Former Razorback defensive lineman, NFLer, and member of the Learfield broadcast crew. Gino, happy Thursday. How you doing?
1: Man, I'm outstanding. Happy Thursday to you guys. I'm just pumped. I mean, we're almost a week out from the first college football game and it's unbelievable that uh summer has passed us and uh, we're getting ready for the upcoming season.
3: You're making me smile just hearing your voice, Gino. I can just imagine I can already <laughs> can already see you across from Rick and, and smiling at me and, and I'm I'm ready to talk football with you for about for about thirteen times, then maybe fourteen. What do you think?
1: man, I'm looking forward to it. I tell you, you know, it's great to sit down with you. And you know, when we get in that broadcast booth, it's so great to work with the best point guard in the game is you to kind of set us up. And so uh looking forward to get the game back again. And uh, we always have a great time to talk Razorback football, uh, but more so enjoy each other's company and great men and friendship. So, um, I hear the defensive
3: line is supposed to be pretty deep and really talented and uh, maybe a step or two up from what we saw production-wise from last year. That's that's your specialty. And you've got a few specialties, but I'd say defensive line play would be near the top of the list. you got to be pretty fired up for what you may see on the sidelines this year from those linemen. Man,
1: I'm beyond fired up. I know since uh, Coach Pittman has been here, he's I can't believe, you know, four years uh, Coach Pittman is coming into, and and he really hadn't had the talent that he's needed, and so these coaches have done a great job of going out recruiting talent, a lot of uh, transfers uh, that's come in, and again, everybody is getting transferred, Porter uh, Porter guys, but I think we've done an outstanding job, and when you talk about that defensive line, I went to the scrimmage last Saturday, and we have some dogs up front, and it hadn't been that way to go back since uh, 2017 when I started uh, with the broadcast team. But when you look at that defensive line up front, I think Coach Adams has done an outstanding job recruiting, going to get guys to come in and play up front. I think, uh, as everybody knows, the defensive line is probably one of the toughest positions that's on the field just because of stopping the run. you got to be able to keep the offensive line off the linebackers, but also be able to pass rush. And when you pass rush, you become very tired as a defensive lineman. And we have about eight players that we can rotate up front, and we didn't have that luxury in years past. And so I'm very excited. So I know when I was at the scrimmage last week, just to see uh, Landon Jackson. I mean, oh my gosh, six 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 seven. He's 280 pounds, a massive man. Uh, Jeff Cole, a new guy that came in. I mean, he's going to be great for us, of course. We have Gregory Ball that's going to play in the middle, Carter. Zach is coming back. And, I mean, a couple of these freshmen uh, we added. Uh, oh, my God, these guys are huge. And so it's excited to be able to look on the field and see defensive linemen that pass the eye test that you can say that's an SEC defensive lineman that's ready to play in this league.
0: Gino, hey, man, Matt Jones here. Uh, Keeping it with what's the up, D- what's up, man. I was I was trying to keep it with the D line and the linebacker. Would tell you their best friend is a good D line, a good up front. When you, when that being said, how do you think our linebackers are going to be this year?
1: Man, I really think our linebackers are going to do well. When I think about Poopal, you know, uh, I think he's going to come out and play well. He he played a lot of minutes last year, but he also leads by example when he's out on the field. I know last week he didn't scrimmage. But uh, as, as I was talking to him, looking at him, I mean, he's ready to play. As I think of uh, Crook, I think he's going to be a solid linebacker that's going to come out and play uh, very well, that's going to be very active. And then also we added uh, Antonio Greer, that's going to be very solid. So when you think about that middle and having that rotation, it's going to be solid. But, you know, when you got guys up front, that'll be able to keep those offensive linemen from reaching and chip blocking and getting into that second level, it's going to be great. The other thing that's going to be great is about just the overall total defense. When you think about Travis Williams, it's not where we just going to line up and just sit there and let the guys come off the offense, come off the ball and come at us. I mean, this defense is going to be moving. And when I went to the scrimmage last week, it was just great to hear the communication, the calling out. Of the offensive plays and when the ball was snapped you saw 11 hats get to the football and the most important thing is the stemming i mean these guys are moving corners and secondary folks are moving up and down and uh i know we bring in some pressure which you know i love pressure because you keep the offense unbalanced when you when they don't know where that free person is coming and so i'm excited to see what travis williams is able to do with the but he's putting The player's in a great position. He's coaching to the talent that he has versus trying to make a scheme fit the players. And so I'm excited uh, to see these guys get after it. And uh, I tell you, I was pretty impressed over uh, last scrimmage when our guys were playing man coverage. And uh, I can't remember the last time we played man coverage in the secondary. If if anything, we were dropping eight Mm -hmm. to kind of stop the, uh, the pass. But these guys are pressing, bringing coverage.
0: And I'm very excited about what this defense is going to do. And Phil, Jordan Crook, he's a, he's a Duncanville, Texas guy. I believe we just had a basketball player that was pretty pretty sharp from, from Duncanville, Texas. Anthony Black, uh, I think he was from there. And uh, Gino, can you kind of help explain to, to some of the listeners and, and to people, like when you talk about stemming, is that kind of real similar to, to the correlation on offense of like shifts and motions?
1: Exactly right. So I know you know about that. So when you're doing shifts and motions, the same thing on defense, you may line up in the A-gap as the quarterback comes up and calls out Mike, you shift. Uh, the same thing when a motion starts, you may line up in a uh, cover two, and then you may shift the quarters at the snap of a ball. You may show blitz and them linebackers walk up into the A-gap like they're getting ready to blitz through the hole, and they drop back and force the, the quarterback to make coverages. Uh, coverage changes and line shifts, and so playing football is one thing being physical, but ninety percent of it is being mental mm-hmm. and ensuring that you can get people to jump, move, and make mistakes in the pre-snap that you could be able to take a be aggressive once the ball is snapped.
3: What did you, you read the scrimmage last week? We hear we hear Sam Pittman, and I think some of the other guys mentioned that the chemistry on the team so far is good but I think for a lot of oh, teams, yeah. it would be right about now. Um, and it's difficult in the free agency era, or the transfer portal era, for continuity amongst teams. And not everybody that shows up at the same time is going to get along. Sometimes it takes a year or so for guys to figure things out about each other. But from what they're saying, you know, on a defense at least, where you have brought in literally an entire unit out of the transfer portal, Um, Are you seeing a team that looks uh, at least cohesive and chemistry? And again, I don't know, can you really really quantify chemistry in August? Or is that something that we really figure out once you get into maybe early October, mid-October?
1: No, I think you figure out chemistry during the summer. And as I was looking at practice, I tell you, these guys are getting along. They're joking on the sideline. They're very engaged. I would tell you when I think about Ben Stouter, the strength coach, he's been phenomenal. I've had the opportunity this past week to spend about 15, 20 minutes just talking to him, and I tell you, this guy gave me goosebumps and ready to go. And when the guys spend that much time with the strength coach during the summer, that sets the tone for your program. And so with this being his first year from Louisville, he brought a great staff in with him. And when you're able to look at these players, you know, one, they look bigger on the field, they're in shape, they're moving faster, and you can tell that he's a great leader because these guys respect him and because he holds them accountable. And I think all of us like guidelines and boundaries, but long as you model the behavior that you want others to see, I think that's exactly what uh, what Ben is doing, Coach Souther has done coming into the program, and I think Coach Pittman did an outstanding job of selecting him uh, as coming in uh, and, and really getting these guys in shape, really getting them focused on culture and brotherhood and really getting out there playing together because at, at the end of the day, when you're sitting in that locker room, it's me against the world. It's us against the world. Regardless of what everybody else thinks, it's us, and we got to get out on the field and prove it.
3: Absolutely. And we're going to start seeing maybe some proof next Saturday. But the way the schedule works out, and you remember last year, it's like, hey, you get a pretty tough week one game, and then you're in the SEC week two. And it almost felt like Missouri State caught the team by surprise last year because you were really ginned up for the first two games. Now the schedule has a, a nice, natural ramping up. Where really, I mean, I think some of us might be overlooking that BYU game. Some,
0: uh, they, you know, they're going to be physical, man. They were last year; they were physical early. They'll, they're going to be an older team, and they'll hit you first couple of weeks.
3: Gino, oh, yeah. like they take care of business, and honestly, it shouldn't be that difficult. Week three, you get a little difficulty, and then you know what that those next four weeks look like after that.
1: <laughs> I tell folks all the time: is want to know anybody can can play you and, and beat you, And I know as, as a former player. You look at the, the schedule and, and everybody kind of has their idea of how to go. But the one thing you cannot underestimate is these um, Division two schools uh, that come in and play because in their mind, they're playing an SEC school. They're coming in. This is their national championship game. And it's their opportunity to really feel like, hey, I get a chance to play and show people what I can do. And so we need to bring our best game week in week out I don't think we're good enough to be able to chalk it up and say these are W's but I'm excited about this team I know we're going to put a great product on the field Uh, I'm glad the ramp is there when you have a new offensive coordinator you have a new defensive coordinator um, you potentially have 10 starters uh, from the transfer portal that may start on both sides of the ball that chemistry is important because nobody's played a game to this point we all look good in practice until those lights come on and you got 60 minutes. And so I think that's important to get game speed, build the continuity with with each other, have the communication, and really get out and have fun uh, playing football. And I think that's what the first game is going to do to get the jitters out and then ramp yourself up into that SEC competition.
0: When you... Go ahead. Man. Well, yeah, when you talk about the portal guys, what what kind of goes in it to to getting these portal guys in here, and how you evaluate the talent? And like you said, man, ten guys could be starting uh, that, that were portal guys. Uh, how, how does it? I mean, how, how does that evaluation process go?
1: I think that evaluation process go off your needs, and I really do believe once people come to Northwest Arkansas and put their eyes on Fayetteville and see the culture and see the area, it sells itself. And also, when you see some of these guys, and even at receiver, when you think of Tesla and Armstrong, these guys, even though they they came from a lower-level school, but they caught a ton of balls last year. I mean, these guys caught a ton of balls. And now you're able to come up uh, into a bigger conference year. They could have probably went to other schools. But when they know they have an opportunity to play, you play in the SEC. You play in the SEC West, which is the toughest side of the conference. People know what that means. And so everybody wants a a little piece of that action. But what I think the X factor is, is Coach Pittman and his staff and the culture he has developed here uh, at the University of Arkansas. And so when you're able to come into the university, yes, you can sell the program on X's and O's and say, hey, we're, we're winning, we're building. But the one thing a lot of people don't sell at other universities is that you're not making a two or four year decision you're making a 40 year decision and I'm a live example of that is that when you feel like you belong to the university it's not a four years and done when you feel like you're part of the culture you feel like you're part of the team and you're part of the family that lasts a lifetime and I think that's what coach Pittman has really brought back and is also showing that to the recruits and the young guys that come in.
3: Yeah, you are a great example of that, Gino. I can't let you go without asking what you might think of the other side of the ball. If you're at, if you're at scrimmage, we hear so much about the defensive line. We worry a little bit about the Arkansas offensive line. What have you seen from
1: from that position? Man, that offensive line looks stout. And so, I mean, when you look at uh, uh, Manuel at the left tackle, he's solid. Uh, when you think of Limmer, of course, Limmer and Latham coming back, I think. Lemmer is definitely, uh, you know, one of the best players in the SEC at their center position. Uh, Latham is solid. Uh, and then Kudos had the right tackle, even though he's a freshman. I mean, he's came in and stepped up and, and really get after it. And, and, of course, Coach Cody is a great offensive line coach. I think he's probably one of the best in the SEC, if not the country. And he really got these guys really going. The other thing that I think he's done a great job with is recruiting. You know, when you think about offensive line, you know, you always want to be able to carry eight. Eight is kind of your magic number where you can kind of move people around. Uh, But in the past several years, we we really had not had some depth at that offensive line. And I think we have some depth at that offensive line. If anything should happen, we should be able to move people around. And so when I think about our offense and defensive line, uh, I really do believe they looked the part. And, again, this offensive line is getting battle-tested every day going against this defensive line. And I think we all understand steel sharpens steel. And so when you're out there grinding every day, you're not brother-in-law, you're making each other better, you're pushing each other to the brink, that's what gets you game time ready when you get into uh, the football game underneath the light. So very excited of what this offensive line is uh, is gonna do and again we gotta keep KJ upright when you think about KJ and the things that I mean this guy looks good I watched him last week the ball looked good he's big I mean he can run I saw him get an open field and I said ooh I pity the fool who tried to tackle him in open field cause that <laughs> dude is huge man I pity the fool I'm, but, uh, glad, I'm, I'm glad he's on our team. Him. Yeah, Gino. You're, hey, 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 I am too. And uh, the one thing that I am very excited about is even uh, Jacoby Criswell. I mean, he transferred in from North Carolina, and I think his presence alone made KJ better. You know, even with KJ last year, when when he got hurt, we really didn't have anybody who could step up and, and really fill them shoes. And I think we felt the pressure of that last year. But I think with with Criswell being here, he's elevated KJ's game. And I mean, he's a pretty good player too. And I think all of us understand competition makes us better. Every day when you're out there competing for your job, you know that the man behind you uh, can uh, take your position. And the other thing it does is, hey, you know, when you get in that training room, there's a difference between being hurt and injured. And so, you know, when you think about people who hurt, they ain't going to be sitting down, getting ice and doing those things. They're going to push through it because you know there's competition in the room. And this is a great place to be at Arkansas football, four years under Coach Pittman, because I've seen the progress of the talent. I've seen the progress of the way these players and attitudes of the team. I know it's going to translate the wins uh, on the uh, on the scoreboard, and that's what we want, a great football team that represents the state of Arkansas, represents something greater than themselves. And I think we're going to get some W's this year.
3: You know you're the best. Looking forward to seeing you next Friday. Um, I know we got we got a big dinner planned next Friday, so I hope you're there. Or
1: if not, I'll see you at War Memorial, oh, okay? Man, you're going to see me. You can't miss me on those meals, man. You know, when you're big, you got to, you you actually got to work at it to stay big. So I'm looking forward to dinner, but I'm also looking uh, to catch up uh, with uh, you guys. And, and Phil, it's always great to talk with you. You're listening to the
4: East Side Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced,
0: modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent.